Welcome to a message from Oasis Church. For more information about Oasis Church and how you can get connected, please visit MyOasisChurch.com. Here's Pastor Mark Pearl. Enjoy the message. I want us to go to 2 Peter chapter 3 today. And I'm going to preach a message I've never uh, talked about this before that I know of. I mean, I've mentioned it, I'm sure, somewhere along the line, but I never preached on it. And I'm going to talk about the long-suffering of God. Right. <laughs> Hallelujah. Well, praise God. What's long-suffering? Well, it means just putting up with, right? Suffering long. Amen. And I want to talk about that. I don't know if somebody just like, this would not go away from me. I tried to preach on something else, but it just won't go. And so somebody needs to hear it, and that somebody just might be you. Second Peter chapter 3, verse number um, 8. The Bible says, But beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing. How many know the Bible says don't be ignorant of it? We ought to listen. Amen. Be not ignorant of this one thing. What? What one thing? That one day is with the Lord is a thousand years. And a thousand years is this one day. Hallelujah. Amen. So by that measure, Jesus has only been gone about a weekend. Amen? Yeah. You know, he said, I'm coming back soon. Well, weekend, that's, you know, that's soon. Because, you know, God doesn't see time like we see time. You know what I'm saying? To us, it's like a long time, you know. Amen? Yeah. Long time. It's like Keith Moore told one time about a father. I love, love this story. He's talking about his father. Was, him, and, him and his son were praying and believing God for something. And his son, you know, because kids, you know, they believe things are going to happen. And his son was like, well, Dad, uh, uh, you know, went... Where's it at? He said, well, son, the, the manifestation's coming. You know how we use those words. He said, a little bit later, the son said, Dad, where's that at? He said, well, the manifestation's coming. He said, then, but a little bit later, the son said, Dad, when is the man from the station ever going to get here? <laughs> well, have you no God? <laughs> I always said, he's the slowest person to be on time I ever met. But he's on time, amen. And he is coming back. Hallelujah. And, and Peter said, now you need, you need to not be ignorant of that. That, you know, because people say, well, the Lord says, he's come, you say the Lord's coming back. He's coming back. When's he going to come back? Well, he's coming back. And, and by his time, he hadn't been gone long. Amen. And so he could be back any day. Hallelujah. So but, but verse 9 tells us the Lord's not slack concerning his promise. As some men count slackness. In other words, God's, God's not just being lazy with this thing. He's not, uh, he's not just holding back. But He's long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. So what's, what's delaying God from coming? He's, he's, he's being long-suffering. He's, he's, he's wanting as many as possible to get saved. Hallelujah. And so he, he's delaying his coming so that more people are born again. More people are saved. More people are ready to go. Amen. Hallelujah. He's not, he's not slack. He's coming back. Yes, he but he's just long-suffering now. See, look at verse 15. Look at verse 15. The Bible says, and this is Peter, he, he's, he's, he says this. He said, an account that the long-suffering of our Lord is salvation. Even as our beloved Paul, according to the wisdom given unto him, hath written unto you. In other words, both Paul and Peter, you're letting us know the Lord's coming back, but he's long suffering 
Because he wants more people to be saved. Hallelujah. But there's a day coming. I said there's a day coming. Amen. When the fullness of the Gentiles has come in and Jesus is coming back. You see that term in the gospels, the fullness, when the fullness of the Gentiles be come in, when the harvest has been reaped. Hallelujah. The Lord's coming back. Praise God. Amen. You know, that's why we're busy or should be busy, you know, with the gospel. Amen. Because we want as many as possible to make it. And the Lord just long suffering. Think how long suffering God is. You, you ever read the, have you ever read the Old Testament? Sure. You read through the Old Testament and how long suffering God was with Israel? Oh my gosh, think about it. You read through Judges, just read the book of Judges and you know, God, God would send a deliverer to get them delivered. And then they'd get into rebellion, get into bondage. And then God, the Bible says that God couldn't stand the misery of their soul. And so he'd, he'd send a deliverer. He'd just keep doing that over and over again. I, you know what I'm saying? So we'd quit on them a long time ago. But God just long-suffering. Matter of fact, he described himself. He said, I'm the Lord long-suffering. Hallelujah. Amen. Now I'm about to say something. It's not, not meant to be offensive. I'm including me in on this, all of us on this. If we just knew how much patience God has to have to put up with us. Yeah. I don't know how if I should use that word or not, but let's just use it. Let's, let's live dangerous. Us stupid people. Right? It, it, how much patience He has with us. Long-suffering with us. Amen. You know, if we'd have been God, we'd have given up on people a long time ago. Amen. I saw, have you ever seen people get blessed? You think of all people. How come God blessed them? Well, you're not God. How many know that? I'm not God. God's long-suffering. Besides, there may be things going on in our life we don't know about. How many know that? God judges by the heart. And I've, I've dealt with people in the ministry before that they just were ignorant. You know what I'm saying? They were making a lot of dumb mistakes, but they really had a heart for God, but they were just ignorant. You know, they just needed to sit down, shut up, and listen for a little bit to somebody who's been there before. Amen. And, you know, help them. But, you know, they love God. Amen. 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 And so we got to know God's long-suffering. Praise God. He's not willing that any, any perish. Right? Amen. He doesn't want anybody to perish, but He's long-suffering. His will. Now listen, His will, according to Timothy, according to the book of Timothy, chapter 2, verse 4, His will is that all men be saved. All of them. He wants them all saved. They're not all going to be. They're not all were. They could have been because it's available. Jesus didn't die for part of the world. He died for the sins of the whole world. That's what the Scripture says. And God, now, not only does God, now this is where it gets controversial with some people, but you just have to figure it out, I guess. Not only is it God's will that everybody be saved, it's God's will that everybody be healed. Amen. Not all are going to be healed. Not all were healed. 
Now, I don't get discouraged because I pray for people and they are priests of people and they don't get healed. I don't get discouraged. I know it's not on God's end. It's on our end somewhere or another. doesn't mean we're doing anything wrong necessarily or we're being evil, but it just means we haven't made connections some way or another. Amen. It's God's will for everybody to be saved, but everybody I preach to doesn't get saved. I still believe in salvation. I don't base what I believe on what, I ha- what, what, I, what happens. I base my belief on what God said. Amen. And God is long-suffering, everybody. He put up with us for a long time. Patient. Amen. And so I I want want you to go. I want to look at some scripture this morning, if that's all right. Uh, Go to Psalm 145. I want to show you this about God. Psalm 145. Thank God he's long-suffering. Hallelujah. You and I, we'd be in trouble. Come on, you all know there's things God's been dealing with, dealing with you to do for years probably. At least some people, you know. Amen. I like what Brother Hagin said one time. The Lord said to him, he said, what are you going to do about what I told you to do? He said, well, I really wasn't figuring on doing anything about it. He didn't want to do it. He said, well, you'll have to or else. Brother Hagin said, I believe I will. I don't want any else. (laughs) You know, you get yourself in trouble. You keep pushing this thing, right? (laughs) Look at Psalm 145. Got it? It says, the Lord is gracious. Isn't he? He's full of grace. And full. Everybody say full. Full. Listen to this. He's full of compassion. He's slow to anger and of great mercy, full of, slow to anger, great mercy, full of compassion. The Lord is good to a few, and His tender mercies are over some. No, it says over all. He's good to how many? To all. And His his tender mercies are over all His works. Hallelujah. That's God. Look at Isaiah chapter 30. Go there. Isaiah 30. That's a description of who God is. Amen? God's, God's, God's good God. I said He's a good God. Amen. We just got to respond to this good God. We got to accept His goodness. Amen? We got to accept it. You know, the Bible talks about in Jesus' hometown, Mark chapter 6, it says He, he could there do no mighty work Anybody know the rest of that? Except he laid his hands on a few sick people. And the Greek brings out the head minor ailments because of their unbelief. Oh, he wanted to do it, didn't he? Right? But it said he could there. It didn't say he wouldn't. It said he could there do no mighty work because of their unbelief. But he wanted his goodness manifested. I mean, he's the same Jesus. Amen that saw multitudes healed, right? Amen. He's the same Jesus, man, that, you know, that the lady of the issue of blood drawed the power out of him and was healed. He's the same Jesus, amen, that walked the shores of Galilee. But when he came to his own hometown, he says he couldn't do. Didn't say he wouldn't. Said he couldn't because of their unbelief. Then he tried to fix the unbelief. Said he went around, around their villages teaching. He tried to fix it. Let's get this unbelief out of these people so we can have 
so they can receive God's goodness. Hallelujah. He wants to be good to all. His tender mercies want to be over all. But we have to accept it. We have to believe it. Amen. People have said before, well, I can live with it. Well, if you can live with it, you can, you can live with it. But God can fix it. Amen. Oh, I can live with this limp, you know. I mean, I still, well, all right. God, God lets you live with it if you want to live with it. It's your choice. But He's good to all. Hallelujah. Amen. See, you know, I've got some things. I've told you I'm believing God for healing in my body in some areas. Some areas that I had a list of seven things needed fixed back in last year. I believe it was last. Yeah, it was last year. And so four of them are fixed. Hallelujah. Well, there's still some more things need to be fixed. Glory to God. Amen. Amen. Don't give me that, Pastor. You're no spring chicken any longer. I didn't, it's like Aunt B, her doctor told her that. I, she, said, You're, she said, I didn't go to my doctor for him to tell me, we know spring chickens, you know. I didn't pay $5 for that. <laughs> I didn't find promises from the Word of God to hear, I'm no spring chicken. That's right. I'm no chicken. <laughs> I called my interpreter in, in Honduras one time a chicken. But anyway, yeah, he said, you call me chicken. His name was, what was his name? His name was Polo. Polo, and I called him Pollo. Yeah. That's the word for chicken in Spanish. I, I was just learning Spanish in those days, which I still am. <laughs> yeah, I call him Pollo. He goes, you call me chicken. <laughs> Shut up and interpret. Look at Isaiah 30. Here there. Verse 15. Thus saith the Lord. This is God talking to Israel. Thus saith the Lord, the Holy One of Israel, in returning... And rest, you'll be saved. In, in quietness and confidence shall, shall, your, shall be your strength. But you would not. God said, hey, man, I want to do some things for you. Right? But you won't let me. You won't trust me. He says, but you said, no, we're going to flee upon horses. Well, man, what would you rather do? Flee on a horse or have God help you? I'll tell you, God, I don't care if it is secretariat, whatever. Therefore shall you flee. God said, that's what you chose. That's what you're going to do. See, God didn't have anything to do with it. They did. We will ride upon the swift. Therefore, they that pursue you will be swift. A thousand shall flee at the rebuke of one, and at the rebuke of five shall you flee, till you be left as a beacon upon the top of a mountain and as an ensign on a hill. I mean, that's just not good news. God's saying, man, I want to do something for you, but you're saying, no, we're not going to trust you. We're going to take care of it ourselves. And God said, okay, you, know, you want to take care of yourself? You can try to take care of yourself, but you're going to have problems because those that are after you, they're bigger than you. Look what God said. Therefore will the Lord wait. What's he waiting for? That he may be gracious unto you. Now, would you have responded that way? I just said, oh, forget you. Come on, let me be honest and say, if somebody refused your help, they'd say, well, okay, just suffer then. But God said, no, I'm just going to wait. You'll, you'll find out that they can't help you. I'm going to wait that I may be gracious unto you. That's a good person, isn't it? I said, that's a good person. Hallelujah. I'm going to wait to be gracious to you. Amen. And therefore, uh, that, therefore uh, we, will he be exalted that he may have mercy upon you. 
For the Lord's a God of judgment. Blessed are all they that wait for Him. So what's God say? I'm just going to be long-suffering. I'm going to wait. I'm not going to give up on you. I'm going to wait for you. That's the long-suffering of God. They they chose to go a different way than God. They chose not to believe God. They chose to trust the flesh. But God said, I'm just going to wait, and I'm going to to be gracious to you. I'm going to wait. You'll be back. Amen. Amen. Are you with me now? You ever give somebody advice? You know you gave them true advice, and they decide not to take it. You think, you'll be back. I've seen that happen before. In pastoring, I've had that happen, you know, where, you know, you tell people, and they're not, not going to listen. I think, well, you'll be back. Sure enough, they're back. Amen. And that's when you try to be like God, and you try to be gracious, and you try not to say, I told you so. You're just gracious. Amen. I, I want to put up uh, Joe chapter 2, verse 13. I want you to see this. I want, I want you to see this. This is so good. The Bible says, and rend your heart, not your garments, and turn unto the Lord your God, for He is gracious and merciful and slow to anger and of great kindness. There we go again. God's gracious. You know what gracious means? Disposed to show favors. That is good. I got that from, you know, outside of the Bible, one of the best books on divine healing is called Christ the Healer. Anybody ever read that book, Christ the Healer, F.F. Bosworth? Bosworth, he's done in heaven years ago. But he wrote a book called Christ the Healer. And if you read that book and can't believe God heals today, then your brain's broke. That's all I know to tell you. Because he just plainly shows you all the scripture. And one of the things he said, the way I brought that up, because one of the things he said, he said that word gracious means disposed to show favors. Well, God is that way, isn't he? Think of the favor of God on us. He got so much favor on us, he got us saved. He is gracious, merciful, slow. Everybody say slow. Slow Slow to anger. Good thing he is. He's of great. Everybody say great. great. Great kindness. And here's what I want to talk about. And this is the King James. It says, and repenteth him of the evil. I want to bring that to you. I want, to, I want to talk about that, repenteth him of evil, because you may have a more modern translation, like the New King James says, he relents to do harm. But I want to talk about what that means, where it says it repenteth him of evil. It literally means that God is repulsed by evil. He wants no evil thing happening to you. He's repulsed by it. Anybody out there this morning? He, he doesn't want any bad happening to you. Matter of fact, he doesn't want any bad happening to anybody. He's, he's, well, he's slow to anger. He's of great kindness. He's gracious and merciful. Well, that kind of person doesn't want bad things happening to people, even if they've messed up. He doesn't want bad happening to them. It's not him that's doing the bad. It's the devil. Just like he warned Israel there in, in Isaiah. He said, look, you said you're going to, I want to be good to you, but you said, no, we're going to trust the horse. Okay, you're going to get in trouble. But it's their doings, right? So he, he repents of evil. He, he doesn't want, that's how good God is. Listen to this. Micah 7, 18 says he delights in mercy. Hallelujah. That's our God. He's long, everybody say long-suffering. long-suffering. He's long-suffering. Why, you, you look at, look, 
it, you look at the way our, our country, I don't live in another country, so I can't speak for that. You look at the way our country is. If I were God. <laughs> if I were in charge and I was God, they'd be a bunch of greasy spots all over the place. <laughs> Anybody else feel that way or am I alone in my sin? A lot of people feel that way, right? Don't you get irritated sometimes? Think about it. I can just watch the newscast. I'm, I'm just mad as of what, you know, Phyllis said the other day. You've been checking the news out, haven't you? I'm going to tell you what. She, well, 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 she said, you sound like you're dead. <clears throat> I thought, that's bad. <laughs> Oh, i got to repent right now. <laughs> it, but it wasn't a person. It was at my phone. I was about to throw it in the back seat or something. And uh, you sound like your dad. You've been watching the news again. Well, listen. But did you know what? God sees those people. You know what? He's long-suffering. He wants them to repent. He could wipe them all out. Now, there's a day of judgment coming. But God doesn't want that to come to that. He wants everybody saved. That's what he said. I, I will that all men be saved coming to the knowledge of the truth. That's his, but he's long. So why, why doesn't he, you know, people say, God's going to judge America. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. If you break God's word, you, evil just comes. God doesn't really have to do anything. You know? But, but here's, here's the thing. God's, why doesn't God just wipe us out? I'll tell you why. Well, one thing, because you're here. The church is here. Another thing is he's long-suffering. He's more long-suffering than we are. Can you believe that God has more mercy than you do? Amen? Can you believe that God has more grace than you do? Can you believe he's more long-suffering than you are? Can you believe he has more, he walks in more love than you do? Yeah, I believe that. I believe that. Thank God he does. Look what Paul said, 1 Timothy, I think it's 1 Timothy. Look, look at this, 1 Timothy chapter 1. Are you getting anything this morning? Amen. All right, I didn't know for sure how this was going to come out, if it was even going to come out. But first, thank you, 1 Timothy chapter 1. I'm like, well, Lord, I've never preached on your long suffering before, but have patience with me. Here we go. Praise God. 1 Timothy. Look at verse 16. Paul said, How be it, for this cause I obtained mercy, that in me first Jesus Christ might show forth all longsuffering for a pattern to them which should hereafter believe on him to life eternal or everlasting. What did he say? He said, he said, he said look, he said, God, Jesus Christ has shown longsuffering. He's been all, all longsuffering on to me, and he's, he's done it for a pattern so that other people could look at my life and realize, boy, the Lord's long-suffering. Amen. One translation, I, wrote, I have it down. One translation says this. It says that uh, God, he, he shows me off. God shows me off as a pattern of his long-suffering. Now, you have to know a little bit about Paul's background. Paul, listen now, Paul was very religious. Paul, listen now, 
Paul thought he knew the word, didn't he? But he didn't even know the Messiah when he's standing before his, you know, in his generation. Amen. I mean, when Jesus knocked him down on the road to Damascus, he still didn't know Messiah. He said, who are you, Lord? He had a feeling this, I'm in trouble. Who are you? He said, I'm Jesus whom you persecute. Don't you know that just threw Paul's, I mean, that just threw Paul's life upside down. This is somebody, he's been persecuting him. He's been after his believers. He's, he's, had, he's had saints hauled off, put in jail, and killed, murdered. And God let the man live. And finally knocked him down on the road to Damascus and said, hey, this is it. See, we think, you know, the Lord stopped Paul, Saul he was called in those days, on the road to Damascus to get him saved. Well, uh, it was either saved or you're burnt. The long suffering had ended. Come on, are you with me? But he'd been long-suffering all this up. See, he, he thought he knew the Word. You know what I'm saying? He thought he knew the Word, but because this didn't match what he thought he knew out of the Word, he went around persecuting Christians. He was there when they stoned Stephen. He held the garments of those that stoned Stephen. He was right there. Man, this guy was a hothead, man. I mean, he was a religious fanatic. He was full of zeal. He thought he was doing the right thing for God, but he, 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 didn't, he, he thought he knew the Scriptures. But he really didn't know. He didn't know who Jesus is. He didn't know the Messiah. Amen. That's why I get... Now listen, don't get offended at this and don't take this wrong. But... Yeah, maybe I shouldn't say it. Anyway, praise the Lord. But, you know, just because, you know, sometimes, well, you know, well, a, an Orthodox Jew told me this. Well, <laughs> uh, weren't they the ones that didn't recognize the Messiah when he's standing before them? I don't care who told me this. I want to find out what the Bible says. It's like Wigglesworth said, some read the Bible in Greek, some people read it in Hebrew. I like to read it in the Holy Ghost. Because the Holy Ghost happens to know what it says. Amen. Amen. I said amen. amen. And he will confirm his word with signs following. Praise God. And he, he stopped Paul. And Paul said, look, God used me. He's used me as a pattern of all long-suffering. So that people could look at me and they could say, my, God's long-suffering. You know, when Paul got saved, the church didn't even believe he was saved. He was that bad. Can you imagine that? I mean, Barnabas finally had to get him and take him to Jerusalem and said, look, man, this guy's had a true conversion. He had to go to the leaders of the church and say, this guy's had a true conversion. He's been preaching Christ as the Savior. They finally accepted him. You'd have to have a lot of forgiveness in your heart. Just, just think about just think about you went to church and Paul is the guest speaker there and he's the one that had your family killed. Maybe your mom killed or your dad killed or your brother killed your sister killed. And now pastor gets up and says, we got a guest speaker, Saul of Tarsus, named Paul now. And you're thinking, that no good hot-headed Jew. You don't think that wouldn't maybe happen? You don't think that didn't happen? Of course it did. How many know who Corey Ten Boom is? You know. Everybody know who she was? You don't read her book called The Hiding Place. It's a fantastic book. You, you, it's hard to put it down. Anyway, she said, you know, because she was, uh, 
her and her family, they had Jews during World War II, you know, from, from, the, from the Nazis. And uh, someone told on them, and they were sent to concentration camps. Her mom and dad were sent one way. Uh, her and her sister were sent to another one. They, they all died, and her dad did, her mom did, her sister all died in concentration camps. They were going to kill Corey, but they made a clerical mistake. They had, you know, they would tattoo them with numbers. That was their number. This was prisoner 6745321. Well, they were releasing certain prisoners. They were going to kill other prisoners. And she was on the list to be released because somebody wrote the number down wrong. It was just God got her out, you know what I'm saying? And so she gets out of there, and now she's, she's you know, she's going, and she's, uh, the war's over, and she's traveling, and she's preaching and ministering in places, and she goes and ministers in this one place, this one city, and when she gets done, this guy comes up, you know, and she said, I know, I think if I remember right, she noticed him during the meeting that he was really paying attention, but he comes up and he says, I was a a guard, she was held in the, in the concentration camp called Ravensbrook. And he said, I was a guard at Ravensbrook. She said, I felt something inside me. He said, he shook his, took his hand out to shake my hand. She said, I couldn't do it. She said, I thought I'd forgiven these people. But now here stands a guy who may have been responsible for the death of my sister. She said, I had a real problem. She said, I thought I'd forgiven these people. Think about it, folks. It's, it preaches easy, but when you have to live it out. You've you got to live it out. And uh, so it, that bothered her. I think, I can't, I'd have to read the story again. I think maybe eventually she shook his hand, but she eventually shook his hand, but it didn't feel good. So she went to a pastor and she told this pastor, she said, I, I thought I had forgiven these people. And the pastor said, Corey, he said, see that church bell? See that rope? He said, when you pull that rope, that bell rings. He said, when you let go of that rope, that bell's still ringing. It's going to stop because you let go of the rope. But it's still ringing for a while. He says forgiveness is letting go of the rope. It may ring for a while, but it's eventually going to stop. Amen. He just told her, all you felt, all you had there, the bell was still ringing. You let go of the rope, but it was still ringing. It'll eventually stop. I thought, man, that is good. That's where Paul was at, folks. But God used him as a pattern of what God could do. Hallelujah. God is so long-suffering. I said He's so long-suffering. Can you take one more scripture? All right, let's go to Luke chapter 13. Go there. God is so long-suffering. Always remember that. Forgiveness is letting go of the rope. The bell may ring for a while. you still got feelings. Are you with me now? But eventually it'll all subside and everything will be all right. Luke chapter 13. <clears throat> Anybody think God may still have to be long-suffering with you? Yes. <laughs> you know, and it, you know, sometimes we don't even realize just how, how you know, ignorant we are. You know what I'm saying? 
If you ever been around somebody and they were so ignorant of something, but they did, they were just so ignorant, they didn't know they were ignorant. You just have mercy. Amen. Look, and that's kind of the way we are with God. God's just, you know, sometimes we're so ignorant of things, but He's just merciful. He'll, he's trusting we're going to get it. Amen. Look at Luke 13, verse 6. It says, And He spake this parable, A certain man had, a, had planted a fig tree in his vineyard, and he came and he sought fruit thereon and found none. Then he said to the dresser of the vineyard, Behold, these three years I come seeking fruit on this fig tree and find none. Cut it down. Why? The King James uses the word cumbereth it the ground, or why is it using up the ground? And he answered and said unto him, Lord, let it alone this year also, till I dig it about and dung it or fertilize it, and if it bear fruit, well, and if not, then afterward you shall cut it down. What's he saying? Lord, just give a little bit more time. Just give this tree a little bit more time. Let me work with it a little bit more. Have long suffering and give it another chance. Did you know that's exactly the way God is? It just a little, He keeps working with us until He gets us where we need to be. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. And once again, I remember Brother Hagin years ago saying this, you know, early in the earlier years of his ministry, the Lord began to talk to him about ministry, and he said, he said, Lord, uh, I've just been waiting on you. He said, the Lord said back to him, you ain't been doing no such thing. I've been waiting on you for 12 years. I mean, that's more in line with the truth, right? Well, I'm waiting on, more likely, he's waiting on us, right? Well, I wasn't waiting on you for the blessing or the manifestation. More likely, he's waiting on you and me to get in line where we can receive. Hallelujah. More likely he's just waiting. Amen. Well, why doesn't God do this? Why doesn't God promote me? Why doesn't God do this? Well, most likely he's waiting on you. Well, what's he waiting on? Well, I believe I'd find out. I'd ask him. Hallelujah. Amen. I know that's been the case in my life many, many times. I think I'm waiting on God. No, you're not waiting on God. He's waiting on you. He's been long-suffering. Until you get to the place where he can, he can promote you, He can use you. You know, promotion too early will get you in trouble. And God, you know, God, God remembers. I, I'll, I'll close with this story. But, but I heard a guy say this. He was a, a black gentleman, and he worked for this company. And the company... Uh, even though they didn't outwardly show it, they were a little prejudiced. A little prejudiced. And he said, year after year, he said, I work hard for the company. Year after year, <clears throat> they would bypass me for promotion. Somebody else would get promoted. He said, I never complained about it. I never, you know, like people do today, get up in your face, you got to have my rights. I mean, if you're a believer, God, God, God will vindicate you, Right? And so he said, I never did anything. 
He said, but it just kept happening. And he said, I, you know, I couldn't help but notice I was being passed and people that were less qualified were being promoted. Now, it wasn't him with pride. It was just the truth. And he said, one day the company got sold and all those leaders in the company, all those people that run the company, they were all replaced with other people. He said, I went about my job. And he said, one day I got called to the office. And the, the president of the company said, well, you know, I've been looking over your resume and all your, all your file here. He said, uh, you should have been promoted a long time ago. He said, now, I don't know why you weren't promoted, but you should have been promoted. He said, so I'm going to put you where you should be. And he said, not only am I going to do that, he said, with those promotions came raises, with these promotions. He said, you should have had the promotions and the raises, so I'm going to give you the money you should have had all along, amount to thousands and thousands of dollars. He said, you should have had that pay coming because you should have been promoted. He said, they overlooked you. He said, should, I don't, you know, he didn't say anything about it being racist, but he just said they, they didn't do you right. Hallelujah. God's watching. Are you with me now? God is watching. He's keeping score. And even though things don't change overnight, God's long-suffering with people. You know, people sometimes, you know, like he said in the book of Revelation, Jezebel, you know, she was teaching his servants to commit fornication and eat things, sacrifice to idols. He said, I gave her space to repent. I was long-suffering, but she didn't do it. And I'm going to, you know, I'm going to nail her for it too. But God is long-suffering. Thank God He is. Hallelujah. Thank God He is. Sometimes I look at my own life. I, I, you know, I'm not your judge, but you know, I need to judge my own life. And I think, man, I should be father long. God, you got to be long-suffering. you got to be merciful. Just keep being merciful, long-suffering, until I get it figured out, Lord. I'll get there, Lord. Just hang on. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank God. Here's what God wants to do. The Bible says in Chronicles, the eyes of the Lord go to and fro throughout the whole earth. What's he doing? He's looking for somebody to smack down. Huh? Is that what he's doing? Look for somebody to get out of line so I can swat them. Somebody to make a mistake so I can step on them. Come on. Let me know if he did that, we'd all be in trouble. Amen. Wait till I get good enough. You know, God just waiting. Tell me, God, God, God's waiting until you get obedient. You got born again, you're good enough. A lot of people drugs over that. Well, I'm just not worthy. Well, we know that. <laughs> Jesus' blood made us worthy. Hallelujah. It's like Brother Osteen, John Osteen one time. I, I loved what he said to this lady. This lady, he's always like, well, you know, uh, she said, I'm just not, she's wanting to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. She says, but I know God's still working on me and He's still cleaning me up and I'm just not worthy enough to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. Uh, I'm just not clean enough yet, you know. I just got to work on me some more, you know, for God will bless me. And Brother Osteen said to this lady, he said, uh, uh, are, are, you, are you saved, sister? You know how we talk. Are you saved, sister? Well, yes, Brother Osteen, I got saved in your church. Well, are you going to heaven? Well, yes, I'm going to heaven. So you're telling me you're good enough to go to heaven, but you're not good enough to be filled with the Holy Ghost? Lay hands on me. <laughs> and she got filled. It's just wrong thinking, right? No, 
God, God, God waits until we, you know, He has to be long-suffering and wait on us until we get things figured out and operate in faith and are ready. Amen. Where we can handle it. Did you give anything today? But, he, but let me finish that out, all right? He's not looking to go, he's not looking throughout the whole earth to swap somebody. He wouldn't have to look through the whole earth. He just, just as soon as he laid his eyes on one city, he'd find that. He's looking to show himself strong with somebody. Hallelujah. Amen. And, and literally, you know what it says there, the King James says, uh, it says, whose heart is perfect towards him. And, um, you know, what that means, literally, is whose hearts are loyal to him or who trust him. See, because if you read, if, how many know, the one, of the, ways to, the one of the ways that you rightly divide Scripture is you read what's before it and what's behind it and who it's talking to. You don't just pull it out. And so if you read what's before it, he's talking about the king, Asa, not trusting him. He said, you trusted me when this group came against you and this group came against you. You, you stopped trusting me. And my eyes go to and forth and fro throughout the earth to show myself strong to those that are, whose heart is perfect are, are trusting me. Therefore, you're going to have wars, brother. If you're not going to trust me, you're going to have wars. If you trust me, I can end them wars for you. Amen. God is so good. Stand up, everybody. Thank God for His Word. That concludes today's message. For more information about Oasis Church, please visit MyOasisChurch.com. Thanks for listening.